Galatians 1 6 I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel. Galatians 1 7 which is not another, but there be some that trouble you, and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Galatians 1 8 But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Galatians 1 9 As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel to you than that you have received, let him be accursed. The word gospel is a Greek word that means good news. It is the good news that God has made salvation from sin and death freely available to all mankind, through the sacrificial and substitutionary death of His Son Jesus Christ, 1 Timothy 1:15, Romans 1:16. It is the good news that all sinners, indeed all people, for all have sinned, Romans 3:23, can be saved from the guilt and penalty of sin, and made right with God, by repenting of their sins and believing in Christ's complete redemptive work at Calvary. Acts 2 37-38, Acts 16 30-31. That is the good news. That sinners can become saints, and enemies of God can become sons and daughters of God. It's not just good news, it's the best news you'll ever hear. The Gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, was committed to the Apostle Paul, who before his conversion to Christianity, was a great persecutor of the Church of Christ, Galatians 1 13-16, 1 Corinthians 15 9. However, the grace of God saved him and made him the apostle to the Gentiles, 1 Timothy 2 7, 2 Timothy 1 11. The Lord Jesus appeared to Paul, after his conversion, and personally taught him the substance of the gospel he was to preach to the Gentiles, Galatians 1 11 13. The entire mystery of the gospel to the Gentiles was revealed to Paul by Jesus Christ himself, Ephesians 3 1 10. Paul was commissioned and sent forth by Christ, and was empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be a preacher, a teacher, an apostle, and a light to the Gentiles, 1 Timothy 2 7, 2 Timothy 1 11, Galatians 2 7 10, Acts 13 47, Acts 22 21. The Apostle Paul received from the Lord, the guiding principles and ordinances of the Church, and laid the foundation and pattern for the Gentile churches of all ages to follow, 1 Corinthians 11 23, Ephesians 3 1 10, 1 Corinthians 3 9 15. In the Acts of the Apostles and the various letters of Paul, and to a lesser degree those of the other apostles who were mainly apostles to the Jews, we find the blueprint and pattern of the church for the Gentiles. Every Gentile church is to be built upon the doctrinal foundation of Paul's message, and is to operate within this apostolic blueprint, if it is to meet God's standard and approval, 1 Corinthians 3 9-15. The doctrinal foundation laid by the original apostles of the Lord, Paul in particular, in respect to the Gentiles, is the unchangeable yardstick by which God will judge every church in every church age. It is the gold standard for Christianity. If we build a church according to this standard, our works will be approved and rewarded. If we build contrary to this standard, our works will be rejected and we will have no reward for our labors. We would have labored and suffered in vain. What a sad loss that would be, to realize one spent an entire lifetime in ministry building with wood, hay and stubbles, which would be consumed with fire and destroyed. 1 Corinthians 3-9-15 We are warned in Scripture not to depart from the original apostolic faith, but to contend earnestly for it, Jude 1 3, 2 Timothy 2 2, 1 Corinthians 11 1. This warning should be taken seriously. Satan has always wanted to pervert and corrupt the gospel of Christ, so as to make it ineffective and deadly to mankind, like he perverted God's word to Eve, deceived her, and brought death to the entire human race, Genesis 3 1-8, 2 Corinthians 11 2-5. Satan has his army of false apostles false prophets and false teachers, satanic messengers masquerading all over the place as preachers of the gospel, who go about perverting and corrupting the right ways of the Lord, 
Acts 13 6-11, 2 Corinthians 11 13-15, 2 Peter 2 1-22, Jude 1 4-19. These false ministers started in the time of the original apostles of the Lord, who withstood and resisted them mightily, and never gave them room to peddle their deadly potions. Such deceitful workers of iniquity are motivated by Satan and the love of money. They do not care about the well-being of the church or the interest of her Lord and Savior. They are wolves in sheep's clothing, interested only in devouring the flock of God and making disciples for themselves, and not for Christ. They are in ministry only for fame and fortune, Acts 20 29-30. True servants of God should never relent in rebuking and only resisting such agents of darkness, as standing for the true gospel means preaching truth as well as rebuking error. To contend for the original apostolic faith means to resist, counter and rebuke all deviations from the original apostolic gospel, as well as exposing all exponents of such perverted gospels. It is declaring total warfare against error. 2 Timothy 4-2-3. The battle to preserve the truth and purity of the gospel is the battle for the soul of Christianity. It is the greatest battle ever fought, and is at the fiercest stage now, in this final onslaught of the devil for the souls of men, as his end draws near. But, the true church is assured of victory, as the gates of hell cannot prevail against her, Matthew 16:18. We shall prevail because the Lord of hosts is not just on our side, He is leading the battle, as captain of the Lord's hosts. Hallelujah! Sometimes, a true servant of God may err from the truth, either because of ignorance or due to undue external pressure and the desire to please men. Apollos was an example of the former, Acts 18 24-28. Such usually receive and accept the truth readily when exposed to it. Peter is an example of those who compromise the truth in order to please men. The fear of offending the Jewish believers who hold tenaciously to the laws of Moses made him stop eating with Gentiles, thereby trying to rebuild the middle wall of partition between the two groups that the cross of Christ had broken down, Ephesians 2:14-16. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, stood up firmly to Peter, who was his senior in the faith and ministry, and rebuked Peter sharply and openly. Galatians 2:11 11-17. This was necessary to preserve the truth of the gospel, as Peter was attempting to lead the Gentile church to Judaism and observance of the Mosaic law, from which the Gentiles had been excluded, Acts 15. We need men like Paul more than ever now, as perverted versions of the gospel of Christ dominate the landscape in Christendom. One does not need to look far into the Word of God to see how far the modern church has fallen from the original apostolic faith. Comparing our present-day church with the standard in the book of Acts will glaringly expose the wide gulf between the pattern church and ourselves, in doctrinal purity, faith, power, prayerfulness, holiness, and zeal for God. Despite the glaring lack of spiritual power and holiness, some actually think that the present-day church is doing well and prospering. To harbor such thoughts in the midst of abject spiritual poverty, blindness, nakedness and wretchedness can only mean some people are grossly deluded about the state of the church. Revelation 3:14-21. One of the reasons the modern-day church is so far removed from the original apostolic church is that, we have left the original apostolic faith, and we are preaching another gospel, which is accursed, and cannot therefore receive the blessings of God. Galatians 1-8-10. The gospel we are preaching may be motivational, emotionally stirring and bringing a lot financial prosperity to its peddlers, but it is devoid of the power of God to truly save from sin and worldliness and perform the greater works Christ promised to the church, John 14 12, Mark 16 15-20. We need to go back to the original blueprint for the church. We need to return to the original apostolic foundation. We need a restoration of the one true gospel of Jesus Christ. It is only the pure, unadulterated gospel that carries the inherent power of God to save, deliver, and transform lives, Romans 1 16. 
True revival will only come to the church when we repent and return to the original gospel. We have mixed law and grace and produced a hybrid gospel that has robbed the law of its terror and grace of its power. This hybrid gospel is sterile, impotent and deadly. The Holy Spirit will only anoint the true gospel that glorifies Christ. This is why we must return to the original apostolic faith. That is the purpose of this blog to correct the erroneous beliefs, practices and doctrines in the church, and guide her back to the original apostolic faith. A return to scriptural truth is the starting point for the revival the church needs so badly. Once we rediscover the truth of the original apostolic gospel, we can truly return to God with all our hearts, forsake our wicked ways, and petition God for healing and revival. God will hear from heaven, and answer us, like of old. 2 Chronicles 7:13. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. God bless you, as you follow us on this blog and join in praying for the revival and restoration of the Church of Jesus back to her position of power and glory. Thank you so much for visiting this blog. We appreciate you and the precious time you spared to read through this lengthy post. If you were blessed by this message, kindly like, comment and share to others, with due acknowledgement of the source. You can also follow us to have subsequent posts sent directly to you through your email. God bless you abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen.